0: The conference finals have been pretty boring so far, pretty straight ahead, a lot of domination between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat being the surprising team coming out of the play-in to being a game away from winning the Eastern Conference in a sweeping fashion. That's leading folks to ponder the future of one Jalen Brown up in Boston. Grizzlies fans have uh, long wondered what it might take to get brown out of a celtics jersey we're going to talk about that and more on this edition of locked on grizzlies let's lock in
1: you are locked on grizzlies your daily memphis grizzlies podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: It's going to be a pretty terrific Tuesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies in large part because the dynamic duo is back together. And I don't know if you noticed this, DeMichael, but we're, we're Team Blue Shirts today. All right,
1: Hey, I already blue was shirt. pulling my shirts up before
0: you started talking. I already knew blue where you shirt. were going. It's just the Blue That's Shirt right. Tuesday? Beale Street Blue Shirt Tuesday here on Locked On Grizzlies. Thank you so much for checking us out. However you're listening, however you're watching, so much it's appreciated by DeMichael and I. My co-host, DeMichael Cole. Of the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media. I also do some work over at SB Nation. We're happy to have you on this Tuesday episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Lockdown NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Again, we are proud members of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, each and every day, free and available. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are so grateful to our everydayers who have helped make us part of the 2,000-plus subscribers club. Continue to hit that subscribe button, rate, review, like, comment, all those fun things, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Michael, you were not here yesterday, and I have a sneaky suspicion not to put your business in the street. One of the reasons that you weren't here is there was some basketball on that you were interested in. Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Game 3. And the reason that you've been interested of late, you know, that you, you mentioned before the show started, your reporter senses over there commercial at have yeah. been tingling for years now, not just months, but years. Yeah. The availability yeah. of Jalen Brown in a trade has been the subject of rumors, not just in Memphis, but across the National Basketball Association. After the events of Game 3, where you've got Hall of Famers and coaches, even the Celtics coach himself, Joe Mazzulla, coming out saying, Yeah, it looks like I've lost the team. That's not good. So is this the closest, in your opinion, that the Boston Celtics have come to actually being willing to trade arguably the best wing that the Memphis Grizzlies could acquire? Better than OG Ananobi. This might be sacrilege, but better than Mikel Bridges. Jalen Brown, correct me if I'm wrong, partner, second team all NBA this past season literally one of the top 10 to 15 players in the entire National Basketball Association, Mm. maybe he's available.
1: Yeah, and to your question, uh, is this the closest? I I think so. This is the closest. uh, This is the most plausible. It is felt that the idea of trading Jalen Brown uh, could happen. So here's the thing. Let's kind of uh, add some context here to the situation with Jalen Brown. I, for one, people you know in Memphis have long been enamored with the idea of acquiring a guy like Jalen Brown. You you, you you know you know Joe, you've had this conversation for years now, but I've quite frankly never enter- entertained it because the fact that the Celtics have for the last six to seven years have pretty much looked like a force, like a team that is one move away, or just one injury, or just one one lucky bounce away from winning an NBA title. Over the past six, seven years, they have been firmly in the conversation every single season. So with that being said, uh, going back to Jalen Brown, uh, the fact that he and Jason Tatum are arguably uh, not only one of the best wing duos in the NBA, but they're both comfortably just now entering their primes pretty much. So it feels like this is one of those things you let ride out for a while, but it feels like the Celtics now the reason I think the tenor is changing, not only among myself, but just people I've talked to a little bit, is is this is this just who they're gonna be? Mm. And not only is this who they're just who they're gonna be, it's more of is this who they're gonna be in terms of how much more they can add to the team? Right now, you got Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. you got Malcolm Brogdon on a nice deal, you got Derek White, like they got some depth over there. You got Robert Williams on that nice center contract. You got Al Horford over there. You got some pieces over there. But the thing is, the reason this conversation is relevant, Jalen Brown's next season will be entering uh, the final season of his contract, right? Uh, 23, 23, 24 will be the last year of his current contract. And not only that, um, (laughs) that contract next season has a base salary of around $28.5 million. There is some incentives in there. Uh, I think it goes upwards over thirty million, but the base salary is around twenty eight and a half million. But here is the thing: where this is why the trade conversation is, is happening right now. Jalen Brown made All NBA. You remember in Memphis, we were having the conversation about John Morant and the money significance mm-hmm. there. The significance on the Jalen Brown end is since he made All NBA, he is up for a potential five year. 295 million dollar contract extension this summer. Wow, that would make him the highest paid player in Boston Celtic history. That would make him the highest paid player in NBA history if he signs that five year, 295 million dollar deal. And not only that, Jason Tatum the following summer would be up for a similar deal above 300 million dollars. Wow, so you're talking about committing. Six hundred million dollars to two players over the next nine over the next of uh, five years for the Boston Celtics. That's what they're weighing, and quite frankly, if they were to trade Jaden Brown, you could get a nice package and you could flip that and still be very competitive building something around Jason Tatum. So that is what they have to weigh here. But it's more about the financial side of it for them. And as we've talked about, the, the Grizzlies are one of the teams who could potentially. Use a guy like
0: Jalen Brown, Joe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could certainly use a player who I think among national NBA circles would say at this point, given all that John Morant has been through, Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown and John Morant are on the same tier in terms of type of NBA player, top 10 to 20 NBA player. If that's the tier you want to select, Jalen Brown and Jaw are on the same wavelength. I do wonder, and I know we'll talk about this throughout the show, what the Grizzlies would be willing to give up and I wonder what Memphis would have to give up in order to make that work for themselves financially, because John Morant is entering his max contract Mm -hmm. because Jaron Jackson Jr., even though it's a descending contract, it's still a $100 million plus contract, and let's assume, for the sake of argument, I know we're going to talk more about this in a moment, you keep Desmond Bain And if you're able to say, Desmond Bain, you are now the fourth best player on the Memphis Grizzlies. That is an NBA championship winning team, not contending team, Mm. assuming health, a jaw, Bain, Jalen Brown, Jaron Jackson Jr. core, assuming health and obviously the off the court issues with jaw. You're teasing the people. You're
1: teasing the people right now. That is
0: an NBA championship winning core, right? You got to do some tweaking around it. But. Two questions are going to come out of this, which we'll talk about throughout the show. One, can you get Jalen Brown without Desmond Bain? And two, if you can, what do you give up and how does that inhibit future business? Because I know that we're going to talk later on in the yeah. summer about the new collective bargaining agreement and the new punishments against luxury tax teams. Obviously, Robert Pera being one of the top, 12 or so richest sports owners on the planet. At some point, you have to take him at his word when he says, I don't care about the luxury tax. We need to see it in Memphis, Tennessee. You live there. You're from there. I lived in you Memphis. Know. If you're in the luxury tax in Memphis, it's different than being in the luxury tax in California with Golden sure. State or the Lakers or something like that. It's just not the same market size. So you're eating a lot of money if you're and, in the yeah. luxury tax in Memphis.
1: And to, and to that point, Boston is, a, is one of the bigger markets, Sure. right? So at, at the end of the day, he might very well just sign that extension in Boston oh. and end up there and this whole point about him potentially being traded. But if he doesn't sign that extension this summer, it's going to get louder. It's going to get very loud. And you might be saying, okay, other than the contract status, what is leading people to having this conversation? Well, I can list off a slew of things hmm. here. Uh,
0: one it's not going well in Boston right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, one. Just look at the series right now, <laughs> and look at his struggles. Uh, last series, I think he played well. Jason Tatum's had more struggles. Uh, in, in their last series against uh, the Sixers, but I remember in that Sixers series, remember when uh, Jason Tatum was taking all the fourth quarter shots, and Jaden Brown was pretty much having a pretty good first three quarters. And a reporter mm-hmm. asked him, basically said, "Why? Why? How come you're only taking three shots in the fourth quarter?" And he kind of sarcastically says, I guess I have to demand the ball more. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's, hey, I, I, look, I, I've been around a lot of basketball players and, and and feeling like you have to demand the ball is not something that players uh, the calendar of the caliber of Jalen Brown would, would smile about. So no. th- there's that. There's the story, wonderful story, uh, by Logan, Murdoch, Logan uh, Murdoch earlier this year, if you remember Joe from The Ringer, mm-hmm. where he yep. wrote about Jalen Brown. And the big kind of news from that story was the fact that Jalen Brown was pretty much non-committal when he asked, when he was asked about you know his future in Boston. And, and that's kind of what led this whole conversation. I think before that, it wasn't really, you know, that big of a deal. So just mm-hmm. here are some of the words uh Jalen Brown said uh, from that interview with Logan Mordark. He said, I don't know. As long as I'm needed, it's not up to me. We'll see how they feel about me over time and how I feel about them over time. Hopefully, whatever it is, it makes sense. But I will stay where I'm wanted. I will stay where I'm needed and treated correct. Does he feel like he's wanted? Do he feel like he's needed? Does he feel like he's treated correct? All of those will play into his decision making, apparently, as you, as you heard from the man himself, as well as the dollars. But guess what? That's that part of it, Joe. We, as
0: we know, there's a whole other business side of this that has to play out too. And it matters a lot how the Grizzlies would get this done, starting with the piece that everybody assumes would have to be connected for a Jalen Brown trade to actually occur. And that's Desmond Bain. We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. Big fan of Game Time for all my late. Moment last moment ticket buying needs. I don't get stressed out of buying tickets anymore because I am using game time. Buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And thankfully, with flash deals, last minute tickets, images of your seat view, so you know exactly what you're getting when you make a purchase, plus the ticket lowest price guaranteed from game time, everything is just easier when it comes to last minute ticket deals than it was before. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you are all set. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. We're talking Desmond Bain. Is it worth parting with Des to bring in Jalen Brown next here on Lockdown Grizzlies? Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinex, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, also known as co-owner of the Blue Shirt Brigade. Uh, (laughs) I am the other member and leader and owner of the Blue Shirt Brigade here on Lockdown Grizzlies. If you're not watching on YouTube, we are both rocking uh, some Beale Street Blue on this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. And this episode is dedicated to Jalen Brown. But Game four tonight for the Boston Celtics in Miami. Everything's pointing to a sweep. If that happens, Jalen Brown figures, as DeMichael talked about earlier in the show, to be as available as he's ever been before via trade. However, as I alluded to in terms of the new collective bargaining agreement, the luxury tax penalties that could come, there's a lot of reasons beyond just assuming that to get a top 15 to 20 player in the NBA, you're going to have to give up something more than role players. Starting with Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. in order to get Jalen Brown feels like a likely starting point. And I I, I don't know how you feel about this partner. Jaron Jackson Jr. is more of a non-starter than Desmond Bain because Jaron Jackson Jr. is a two-way threat with a higher ceiling because can, of his physical ability. We can agree on that, yeah. So Jaron is number two if Jaw is number one, right? Yeah, That puts sure. Desmond Bain number three. And if Desmond Bain is number three, he would be the guy that theoretically you would offer up to the Celtics in exchange for Jalen Brown. Now, there are issues with that. Bain is a step down from Jalen Brown. How do you get Boston to buy into that idea? There obviously would have to be other pieces. Atias Jones and Steven Adams, we'll talk more about that. In our final segment of the show as well. How many first round picks do you need to pair with that? I wrote over at Bluff City Media that it would be something like Desmond Bain plus four first round picks and salary to make it work in order to bring Jalen Brown in. Are you willing to do all that for a jaw Jalen Jaron? It'd be nice for you know the sake of alliteration. <laughs> that kind of big three, as opposed to the big three that you currently have with Desmond Bain. Is it worth it to you, to Michael Cole, to send out one of the guys who is viewed as one of the young leaders of the team, yes. somebody who is a self-made man, who personifies a lot of what Memphis represents? He may not have the same level of talent as Jalen Brown. Right. Do you make that deal, including Desmond Bain? Is that something you're willing to say? Yes. Let's Let's start with a framework of that. Because it's not just basketball reasons that you can argue it makes sense, I guess. But it's mm-hmm. also financially, like I talked so I, about earlier. To roughly. have John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jalen Brown, and Jaron Jackson Jr. all making nine figures. To your point earlier about Brown and Tatum, across those four guys, you're spending six or $700 million. I think
1: the counter question, and I'm going to answer it, but I, I think there's a, there's another question here that comes with this too. And that question is, how desperate are you Ooh. to reach the championship level? Because we're talking, you know, a guy who's about to be making close to three hundred million potentially when he signs on the dotted line on that extension. Is it worth it paying him thirty-five percent of the salary cap potentially? In Ja and in uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. taking up a combined around forty-five percent. So that's about eighty percent of your salary cap right there potentially, uh, through three players. It's, and for the record, Bain will not be that expensive on his extension. No, 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 but exactly. Bain, I I think I did the numbers. I think Bain, Jaron, and Ja would probably come around uh, somewhere around two-thirds of the Grizzlies. Uh, uh, so basically you're talking about you'd have an extra 15, 20 million probably uh, by keeping Bain instead of making this move. But but here's the thing. It's, a, it's how desperate – are you to win? Because for me, I want to make this clear because I know some people are going to flip out at the second part of this. But for me, with the first part of this is I wouldn't do it. I trust this core. I trust the job ja, Jaron, Dez core and, and what they're building potentially when you get this small forward uh, position solidified. If they hit with the right guy in that small forward spot, I trust that those three guys along with a competent small forward will be enough. Uh, to get the Grizzlies over the hump and right into the thick of the championship conversation. But I will say this, a lot of people will be mad if you know, a Desmond Bain was traded out because, again, the Grizzlies, he he is, I've said this probably as much as anyone, he, he is the leader to me. Yes, uh, He has the most leadership qualities of the three young guys that we focused on, Josh Aaron Des. Uh, he is the most natural guy for that role and it seems like they're planning on him taking over, you know, that role in a way Uh, he, I mean, Zach Kleiman called him the heart and soul, you know, at at exit interviews. And we've, we've heard only one player called that over the last three, four years. And that's Dylan Brooks. Mm -hmm. So with that with that being said, uh, I'm going to say this, Joe, if he, if he were to be traded, I don't don't think it would be a bad deal to get Jalen Brown, because as long as you keep Luke Kennard, I feel like a Ja, Luke, Jalen Brown, Jaron Jackson Jr. And if you could hold on to Steven Adams, that starting five should be good enough to get the Grizzlies what they want. Now, with that starting five comes, again, you're not going to have as deep of a bench. (laughs) Um, You're not going to be as deep overall. But if you got Ja, you got a knockdown shooter like Luke, you got that shot creator who can do damage in the fourth quarter with in Jalen Brown, and I'm sure Ja will be better in the fourth quarter next season. You got Jaron Jackson Jr., who's still rising as a player, and you got Steven Adams. That starting five is good enough to win a championship in my mind. Now, again, because of the, the money commitment, I wouldn't do it, but if you're desperate enough and the Grizzlies were to make that move, I wouldn't call it a bad deal by any stretch of the means, because quite frankly, it ain't my money and it it gets you closer to a championship level. Joe, what do you think?
0: I think it's important to point out that Jalen Brown is better than Desmond Bain. And I say that as the president of the Desmond Bain fan club. Right. Yeah, I I think that it's okay to admit when somebody is better than somebody else. And that is the reality. And Desmond Bain because of his physical limitations, you know, he's even joking about them on Twitter himself. He (laughs) tweeted out something about wingspan, a, a surgery that makes you taller. And he was like, I need that for my wingspan. He is going to be a Jordan Poole, Tyler hero, maybe a little bit more. That level of money, that level of player, top 40 to 50 guy in the league. I think that that is likely to be his ceiling. He's a
1: hooper,
0: yeah. He's a hooper, and I think he's going to be a steady hooper in that way. But Jalen Brown is an all-NBA talent. And if you bring in, now you got two all-NBA guys. When you have two all-NBA guys see the Los Angeles Lakers, see the current Boston Celtics, see the Miami Heat, if you include Bam Adebayo in those conversations Mm -hmm. alongside Jimmy Butler, you're in the conference finals. And that's where the Grizzlies want to be. So I do think that... It would, be will, it, would, it would be worth listening to. But I would be much more interested to go along with your it's not my money philosophy. Yeah. I would be much more interested in if they could find a way to keep Bain and bring Jalen Brown Ooh. into the fold. Because if you could do that, now oh. you're talking about a super team. Mm. Is that possible? Maybe not. But let's dream a little dream here on this Tuesday edition of Locked on Grizzlies. But first... This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. I hope you guys have been checking out Prize Picks and their wonderful one million dollar daily Superflex promotion during these NBA fi- uh, playoffs approaching the NBA Finals. One Prize Pick user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. Full of details can be found at prizepickscom slash million, but you got to opt in to be eligible for that uh, daily or for that million dollar, excuse me, entry. Remember, Prize Picks is where you pick two to six players if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections. You can win up to 25 times your money on any given entry. You're not competing with individual people. It's just you versus the projections available. And that includes the NBA, Major League Baseball, all the major sports going on right now. Download the Prize app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. It's that easy. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKED ON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Is it feasible for the Memphis Grizzlies to acquire Jalen Brown without giving up Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr.? We'll talk about that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax, your co host for this Tuesday edition of the podcast, joined by the incomparable, haven't used that word in a couple of days, DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He's the Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I am the Grizzlies columnist and current head of Grizzlies content over at BluffCityMedia.co. Make sure you're checking us out over there. Anthony Sane has joined the family in the last couple of days, doing a great job. Bluff City Media continues to grow and grow. Between the Commercial Appeal, Bluff City Media, we got everything you need here at Locked on Grizzlies. To Michael, we've been talking about Jalen Brown, and we've been talking about, Reality, all right. I want to stress that in reality, yeah. Desmond Bain almost certainly has to be. They're going to ask for John ja Morant, the Boston Celtics, first and foremost. <laughs> you and think goes, so? <laughs> <laughs> I don't,
1: I I don't have a good I don't, laugh. I don't, I don't think they, it, uh, in totally.
0: terms of talent swap, yeah. Jalen Brown for John ja Morant makes the most sense. Then mm. from there, they'll work their way down to Jaron Jackson Jr., and the Grizzlies will be like, hmm, maybe no, no, thank you. And it'll settle on Desmond Bain. I think that the Grizzlies could get Jalen Brown if they include Desmond Bain, but I don't want to. So I'm going to be selfish on this episode of Lockdown. On Grizzlies of because I am one of the co-hosts, and I am going to say nay. I want Jalen Brown, but I want to keep Desmond Bain. Here's what I'm suggesting to Michael Cole. Stephen Adams, they could use some help rebounding there in Boston, right? Yeah. Tyus Jones, Boston could also use point guard after watching Derek White Marcus Smart combo type of guards. They could use somebody that can help facilitate offense around Jason Tatum. Whatever prospect they want. Zaire Williams, Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, Santi Aldama. Whoever they want to take, take them. Whatever matches salary, brother. (laughs) And then the 2023 first round pick of the Memphis Grizzlies, the 2025 unprotected, the 2027 unprotected the 2029 first round pick of the Memphis Grizzlies unprotected. And then from there, because of the uh, Stepien rule, everything's got to be pick swaps, right? The only exception to that would be 2024 where the Grizzlies could also ship out the golden state 2024 first and pick swap their own pick in 2024, 2026 and 2028. So do the math. That is one, two, three, four, five. First-round picks for the Boston Celtics, plus three pick swaps, plus improved depth and meaningful role-player areas, plus the prospect of their choosing from the Grizzlies roster, probably Santi Aldama in exchange for Jalen Brown. Could that work? Maybe? Should the Grizzlies do it? There's lots of reasons in terms of roster building that it doesn't make a ton of sense. But your core four would be pretty darn impressive.
1: Yeah, what, what have we talked about before? And We, we said we're going to form an, an entire episode around this, so we'll talk more about it. But at the end of the day, cores are what win championships. Sure. You you, you go to the, the three-peat of uh, the two three-peats of the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> it, I think what Dennis Rodman wasn't a part of the first three-peat, right? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Tony Kukoc came in somewhere in there. Uh, but he wasn't on all six. And, and you know, the point guard, you know, pieces changed, you know, in between the championships and whatnot. But guess what didn't change? Jordan and Pippen. That ain't changed. <laughs> and, again, you go to the Spurs, five championships from, what, 99 to 2014? Mm-hmm. You know what didn't change? Pretty much for, for the most of that is Tim Duncan. And then if you go to 2003 and on, Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker didn't change for the rest of that. So cores are pretty much what wins these things. You, you, yeah, these depth pieces change. Golden States, again, the perfect modern example, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, (laughs) Andre Iguodala, if you want to throw him in there uh, as well, you can throw Iggy in there. So with that being said, those are your four guys who have been a part of the championship teams. Everything else—the Leandro Barbosa's, the Maurice Spates, the Andrew Bogus, the Kevin Durant's, Harrison Barnes—everything else around those guys has changed. So, I understand that whole. Just focus on these core guys. Now, getting back to the trade proposal that you you mapped out here,
0: uh, obviously, a it's lot getting,
1: going on there. It's, it's it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. Uh, I think. You mentioned the young guys. Who would they want? They probably want Santiago Dama because mm-hmm. he's more proven. And honestly, if you're the Grizzlies, you would be trading from a position of strength in a way because you you'd be you'd have Brandon Clark still. Uh, you'd have Xavier Tillman. Uh, you set in the front court. Trading Stephen Adams would mean more minutes for Kenneth Lofton Jr. Who, let's be honest, right now there are no minutes for him. But this team likes him. So w- what's the deal? But obviously, at the end of the day, you're going to have to part. I don't like when people say, oh, yeah, let's just throw all the picks out there. Let's trade Zaire Williams and Jake Luragian. No. If you want to get a Jalen Brown, you're going to get someone that you really enjoy watching play. You're going to lose someone that you really enjoy watching play for the Memphis Grizzlies. Even in the case of you were the keeper, Desmond Bain, uh, uh, Tyus Jones, you mentioned him. What he would bring to the Celtics is something the Celtics have have missed the last two seasons. If you look at this series against the Miami Heat. If you look at the series last season against the Ghost State Warriors, their assist-to-turnover ratio was terrible in both series. Uh, a lot of fourth-quarter breakdowns and just uh, a, a lot of isolation basketball in both series because they can't really generate a lot of good offense because, again, Derek White is a combo guard. He's a, he's a two, but he, he's in the size of a one. Same thing with Marcus Smart. He's played point guard, shooting guard. He's played off the ball a lot of his career, and he's playing on the ball with this Celtics team this season. Uh, neither of them are Tyus Jones when it comes to the point guard position. Tyus sure. Jones would bring a different element over there. Uh, We talked about the rebounding struggles uh, that the Celtics have had, you know, in the past. You know who, quite frankly, wherever he goes, the team is a top-rebounding team? That's Steven Adams. So uh you go back to the OKC teams. You go back to the, the Pelicans and, and the Grizzlies. They have all were top-rebounding teams with Steven Adams. And then, of course, you add on all the picks and everything. Uh, we know Boston, historically, they like their picks because those picks – Kind of are the reason they got guys like uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in that whole court sure. place. I think with that that package that you propose, it's possible, but you can't. <laughs> you 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 you're going to have to gut a lot more, basically. Like you, I I think uh, from that point is those are going to be your four core guys, but you're probably looking at building a team with a lot of smaller contracts after that. Because now you're over the, let's talk about the new CBA. We haven't talked about it much, but we'll just touch on a couple things here. Uh, there's going to be the two apron rule that's going to be really big in a new C- CBA. Right now, what you have is the luxury tax. That's what everyone's much familiar with. You have mm-hmm. kind of the salary cap line, and then about $60 million or so above that, there's the luxury tax. Once you reach the luxury tax, there's about $6 million above that you reach the first apron. Then there's a second apron that's above that number. The way the next CBA that starts on July 1st will be set up, once you reach that second apron, you are unable to use the mid-level exception. How is that important? Well, for one, me and Joe are on Lockdown On Grizzlies right now talking about how that that mid-level exception could be very important to the Grizzlies this season. If you look at uh, mid-level exceptions uh, used this past season, I think the Warriors got Dante DiVincenzo Mm -hmm. over there. Uh, The Celtics got Danilo Gallinari. But some other ones that come to mind is when the Suns picked up Jay Crowder, obviously was a big piece that helped that team go to the finals. Uh, Alex Caruso, I think, is on a mid-level exception contract as well. So uh, basically not having that piece is big. Also, when you sign guys to these minimum contracts, which they're pretty much going to be depending on, uh, you have no bird rights. Right. So basically, it's the Malik Monk. Malik Monk with the Lakers last season played incredible, but the Lakers had no money, so they were un- they had no bird rights, so you couldn't attain him via bird rights, which is basically saying you can go over the salary cap because you have his rights. The Lakers didn't have his rights, so they couldn't go over the salary cap. So that led to a team like the Sacramento team, like the Sacramento Kings, who were able financially to secure Malik Monk. And even so basically what that means is there's going to be a lot of roster turnover potentially because you're going to sign guys the minimal contracts and those guys are going to sign those minimal co- contracts to, to kind of prove themselves. And once they prove themselves, skedaddle. So basically you're depending on that core four to basically be a championship contender. Uh, I think it's possible. Will the Celtics take it? Uh, that's another question.
0: Yeah, I'm not as optimistic as they take it. I think that, I, I, Bain, yeah, me either. me either. And again, that might be a, a topic for a future show if this becomes more of a, a realistic possibility. The pros and cons. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. I think that the Grizzlies have reached the place where they have their Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, right? Yeah, Obviously, they look different, but I think it's Jean Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., and they need to rebuild and retool around that. But obviously it was because of a tweak in the last CBA, the Warriors were able to add Kevin Durant. And when they had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green, they were a juggernaut, even more so than they were before. So it's an interesting thing to think about, an interesting thought process and mental exercise, something that I have a feeling we'll revisit on a future episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on this Tuesday edition of the podcast to Michael on Wednesday. I don't know about you, but looking at Grizzly's Twitter, reading the work of some other Grizzlies writers out there, I feel like everybody's very emotional right now. I feel like it might be time to have a, a, a bit of a powwow, a bit of a seance talking through our Grizzlies emotions. It, it seems like it's getting a little bleak out there and maybe we need to reevaluate where we are in terms of what we see this Grizzlies team as, because I think there's some folks that are pretty shaken about the future of Memphis Grizzlies basketball.
1: Yeah, uh the once also certain. Uh as right. as, as our as as our guy Zach Kleiman would say, uh this this process isn't linear. And no. what we had seen through the first three seasons of the Taylor Jenkins era is guess what? It was linear. He went here. They barely missed the playoffs. Then they made the playoffs. Then they went to the second round against the Golden State Warriors. So people were like, okay, well, what's next? Western Conference Finals? NBA NBA finals. And then boom, you go from second round and you go to the first round. So uh this is the first time Memphis has experienced that with this, with this, uh, in this realm, with this, you know, core mm-hmm. in the Taylor Jenkins era, in the John Morant era. And you know what? People are emotional, know So there, yeah, let's talk about it.
0: Yeah, I think we'll talk through those emotions on our next episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Thank you again for making us part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies experience each and every day, free and available wherever you get podcasts. Proud members of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Check us out on YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things. For DeMichael Cole, I'm Joe Molinax. Have a great rest of your day. We'll catch you next time. Stay locked in on Lockdown Grizzlies.